Welcome to our podcast, Talk To Me Sister. I'm Kathy. And I am Sarah. And we are twin sisters documenting our surrogacy journey, discussing women's health, motherhood, and all the details that led us here. Our mission is to not only educate and inform, but to spread joy and hope through our story. Thanks for following along. Hey guys. Hey. Today, our episode is all about women's health, nutrition, frequently asked questions about health. As we have mentioned before, I am Kathy and I am a gestational carrier for my sister, Sarah. Hi. And she is here too. And we're twins. We're twins. One day we should do an episode just on being twins, by the way. Because I think people, I mean, it's not know. every day that That's true. you meet twins. It's more common, though. I was going to say, we have like three friends right now pregnant with twins, it's which is well. Um, but anyway, I am a registered dietitian. I have a master's in nutrition. And so we thought today it would be fun just to do something different, you know, cover some nutrition-related questions that we get from friends and yeah we're gonna veer off the topic of surrogacy even though that's our present journey and it always comes up and we're like in those childbearing years plus you're pregnant with my baby so it's like a big (laughs) topic but we are gonna do um this episode on nutrition I'm really excited Kathy I know it's your degree but I got a lot more interested in nutrition and health and what I put into my body when I was diagnosed with cancer two years ago um gosh three years ago almost So I started, and you helped me a lot when I was prepping my body for treatment, and um, now post-cancer, being a cancer survivor, I, you know, I treat my body with a lot more care, let's be honest, and I lean on you a lot with my nutrition questions. So, um, so Kathy, your nutrition is your degree, it's what you're knowledgeable in, obviously, but for someone like me mm-hmm. who didn't have that as degree, I was an art major. I mean, I I just heard, you know, eat your fruits and veggies. That's like the extent of my knowledge. Well, you about... knew more than most people because our family was pretty health conscious. I know. And because of you and dad was gluten-free yeah. and has the dairy, I mean, has Lyme's disease. So yeah, yeah. maybe our family was more in tune to yeah. what we eat. Anyways, when I was diagnosed uh, with cancer in treatment and post-treatment, I started to, I mean, you took me to, remember you took me to Costco? I that did. was so sweet. That was you fun. Like, we loaded up. We loaded up. I started juicing, <laughs> all those good things. So we're going to talk about nutrition. I'm really excited, um, but we're also, you know, it's going to be kind of um, more of a mainstream conversation, but yeah, we're also going to talk about what foods and stuff can help fertility because, and that's kind of irrelevant, it's kind of relevant right now with like egg retrieval and everything um so first question we'll get that out of the way what are foods that may boost your egg count or for guys that may boost your sperm count Mm -hmm. if you're prepping for egg retrieval or prepping to do IVF Mm -hmm. this is like our main IVF question and the rest is going to be pretty generic but what would you say to that okay so my first thought I want to say is that we could talk about that question for an hour So we'll probably do a whole episode for those who are interested on nutrition and fertility. Now, when we think about foods to help fertility, we're actually thinking more about egg quality and sperm quality. Now, count is important, but it's kind of a different conversation. In terms of nutrition, the impact can really change the quality of your eggs. 
and sperm, which is so important. It actually kind of changes DNA structure, <laughs> uh, which is kind of incredible we have that power. So I'm going to give you a quick answer, and then we'll dig into that later, later yeah. for sure. But let's talk about sperm quality. This is a really important thing to talk about with your spouse because often the, the pressure of like changing diet or changing lifestyles put on women, mm-hmm. changing most things, adding supplements. I have a lot of clients who I work with who women are taking like eight supplements and then the guys, doing the guys are doing nothing. Right. Or you, like, slip them, like, some fish oil or something? <laughs> yeah. No, I get them very involved in the conversation, hopefully. Okay. And we at least start a multivitamin and a vitamin D for men. Um, and extra vitamin D yes. on top of their multi? Yes. Okay. And another thing that can really, really help sperm quality and egg quality is a supplement called Coenzyme Q10. Now, Coenzyme Q10. I've yeah. seen it. At Whole Foods. It's really important. Is it just for men? No, for women too. So I could take it. Actually, was that on my That was gosh, on your list. I'm like, I, it was in a brain fog if, when I was yeah, doing it all. It was definitely on your and Richard's like list I, that I gave you before you did. I feel like I took that. And I need to back up and say, if you're interested in working with me or with somebody else in your area who specializes in fertility and wants to look at what you're already taking and look at your lifestyle and diet. I sometimes recommend supplements, but it's so important to know exactly what you need to work with somebody, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. Most people need at least a multivitamin, at least some extra vitamin D, and at least a coenzyme Q10 for sperm and egg quality. Now, there's some people may need more, right? Some people may need less. So it's so important, especially vitamin D, you can get your vitamin D tested by your doctor. That's what so, my question was. Question, can can the husband and the wife, or maybe not, if they're not married, the partners, yeah. can they get their blood work that shows what they're la- like lacking? That would like, be ideal. That would be absolutely. And would that be their medical, like their primary care physician or yeah. the fertility clinic? Either. Okay. You just have to ask, right? You have to be kind of your pro, your advocate. That's always ideal because then you're not just taking supplements and hoping it's helping. If you get your blood work done, you know exactly where you're deficient and what may be impacting your fertility. You know what's crazy to me is that this wasn't a conversation with our fertility clinic and they weren't like, let's see what you're lacking as far as... I mean, it's just not even conversation. They did that for me though as a surrogate. They did? They uh-huh. didn't do that. Well, yeah. I guess I'm a, I'm kind of an anomaly. I didn't even have... Well, no, I was getting my eggs. You are getting your eggs done. I would look back at your paperwork because I did... Anyway, I did didn't get... tell me to take any supplements. A big paperwork of supplements, but it was suggested. Coenzyme Q10 was suggested. It wasn't encouraged. Um, I take that back. The only thing they told me to do was a prenatal, which is kind of a given. Yeah, hopefully. I actually work with people who are in fertility clinics and still not taking a prenatal. So anyway. What? Okay. That's always the first step to do about supplements. Food-wise, for sperm quality... There's a lot of great research that Mediterranean-style diets can help sperm quality, right? So we're not looking at how much sperm. We're looking at also uh, the shape of them and how quickly they swim. And if they have an extra tail or extra head, then they're not getting where they're supposed to go. It's so crazy things can happen. We'll dig into it in a different episode. Mediterranean-style diets, so just practical things that a man can do when you're trying to conceive. You can cut back red meat and dairy, and fried foods, and eat more fish, Fish? plants, nuts, 
plant oils. So like oils. big omega-3 stuff. Can they, I yeah. mean, would you it, suggest? There's a, there's a res, research study that says like if, if guys can eat, even just eat a handful of nuts a day, not peanuts, but things like walnuts and almonds and, you know. Cashews? Pecans. Sure. Why not? My fave. Hazelnuts. Um, even things like that have some good vitamins and things like selenium and things that can help. So those are some quick things. Another thing I want to point out, one more last thing about sperm quality in men is you also, it's a really good time to start cutting back on some things, right? So things that can damage sperm quality is alcohol, smoking, even marijuana, and like sugar and fried foods. These things can can cause some damage, right? So we want to not only add some things, add some fish, you know, add some plants, but we also want to try to go, where can I clean up my lifestyle a little bit? Mm-hmm. So those are a few things that can help with men. All of that, of course, can help with women as well. Some things that can help with women, quick things to kind of boost egg quality. Uh, eggs. Eggs have vitamin D and choline and good fats and good proteins. Again, fish. Uh, a lot of greens, a lot of greens, things, Sp- spinach, broccoli, avocados, a lot of those have some good qualities for for boosting our eggs. So while we're on the subject of supplements, and this can just be like a general question yeah. because we're going to do a whole fertility episode, like for women in our 30s, mm-hmm. in our mid-30s, yeah. like I even asked my oncologist like after treatment when I was trying to really get my... Um, they give me a med list every time I go, still, okay. even though I'm, like, a do. year post-treatment. Oh, wow. And you know what's on there is B12, which is hilarious because oh, yeah. it's, like, I, I'm the one that told them I yeah, take yeah, yeah. B12 for energy. And, and I'm sure. more of a pescatarian, vegetarian diet these days, so yeah. I need a little bit of more B12. But for women in our 30s, no matter your medical history, you're just, like, our age. Like, what is what should we all be taking besides a multivitamin? Or is that okay if we just – are? should we be taking – a multivitamin and yeah so can I say one more thing about egg quality yeah and then I'm gonna also answer your question if you make dietary changes or add supplements Mm -hmm. it will take three entire months to affect your egg quality so sometimes we make a change in the whole month and then we expect some hormonal change or we expect egg quality change and um, it actually takes three months like it takes the eggs that are kind of geared up they're like soldiers. They're waiting in line, yeah. you know, and whatever changes, whatever you're eating and taking today is affecting your eggs three months from now. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So that's why you have to be patient. You have to give yourself time. If I'm working with clients, I will say, we're going to make some changes now and we're going to expect, expect it to affect your fertility three to six months from now. Okay. That's so if you're to preparing know. to try to have a baby or preparing for some kind of fertility treatment, I would say make a lot of these changes. Give yourself time to make these changes. Yeah, which a lot, I mean, I didn't even know that. Um, so, yeah, so that's the last thing I would say about that. I have so many so, things we could say about fertility. But supplements, so I will again say it's important to check with your doctor before you add any supplements, especially if you have any underlying conditions. Mm-hmm. Please always do that. Like, for example, when I was doing treatment, I had a strict list of supplements I couldn't take that was going to hinder my treatment like they would not let me touch vitamin c which is wild but I'm like a very specific case like I'm not like a normal yeah person yeah yeah that Um, was very specific most people most people do need to take some kind of multivitamin you want to 
pay for a good one. Otherwise, it's not worth it. Can we say brands? Yeah, I think I'm gonna say brands. I mean, is that allowed? I mean, okay. I don't. So I don't want to get. Tr- I don't want to get. I don't want to get in trouble for saying a bad brand, but like for me, like this normal consumer who's yeah. like looking at the, like checking out and see that like yeah. brand that's like yellow and green. You know what I'm talking about? And it's like discounted so, and two for one. So two yeah. for one B twelve and. I mean, I just don't know. I'm like a person who do, who doesn't know brands and doesn't yeah. do a lot of research and just says, "Ooh, I need vitamin C. Here's a two for one special." Yeah, it's generally not the best one. Okay, so what <laughs> should I look for? And you don't even have to say the brands if you don't want okay. to. But I mean, what? It's free advertising. Why wouldn't they care? I don't know. I will tell you just a couple brands that I like in general. Okay, how about that? Um, I'll give you a handful of brands I like in general. Um, most of us, even if we're eating a really, really clean diet, are not getting everything we need. And a lot of it is not our fault, right? A lot of our vitamin, a lot of our foods are not made like they used to be made, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of our minerals come from soil. And the soil we are planting our and harvesting our vegetables out of are deficient just from the way we farm now. And so there's so many aspects of, do I need a vitamin, right? What color is my skin, right? Am I getting vitamin D from the sun? Am I outside? What kind of job do I have? What kind of food do I eat? So most people generally need a multivitamin. Most people need vitamin D because most of the country is deficient and there's too much incredible research of the benefits of vitamin D Mm -hmm. for cancer, for immunity for fertility so that's when i usually recommend we need at least a little bit more than uh, we're getting on a multivitamin so brands i like seeking health is a great brand they have really good quality vitamins pure encapsulation is a really good brand okay, they have a pure, lot pure that's the vitamin D that you sent me. That's oh, what I take. Pure encapsulation. Yeah, I think it's like a thousand milligrams or something. Yeah, I use. And Thorn is a good brand. So those are just some some good brands that you can get off Amazon. You can get off their website. There are so many vitamin brands though. So when we talk about fertility, I will tell you kind of my favorite fertility supplements. Mm-hmm. Again, everybody's different. Check with your doctor. Check with your provider. But most of us kind of need a basic a good quality absorb real quick question a prenatal Mm -hmm. i have heard so many of my friends say they take prenatals for their hair Mm -hmm. and their skin and they're they're not pregnant they don't want to be pregnant they're trying not they're not even planning for a pregnancy is it okay for our age to take a prenatal and not be pregnant can i take a prenatal is that too no you absolutely should i actually tell most people if you are a woman of childbearing years, okay, take a prenatal. Which is like, what, 20? Which is a woman who has a period. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so a woman who has a period, in my professional opinion, should take a prenatal because our diets generally lack. Also, as I mentioned, our diet quality has changed. And also, it actually takes a lot of energy and requirements nutrient requirements to have a cycle and a period every month right Right. so we like we're losing iron we're losing you know our diets change during those times our needs increase during those times so 
I think a lot of people are afraid to take a prenatal. They're like, oh, I'm going to get pregnant. I'm like, I, I, maybe we should talk about how people get pregnant because <laughs> it's not from vitamins. So. so, But, yeah, if, that, if you do not want, sometimes the extra vitamins in those can bother people. For example, sometimes prenatals have iron, and that can bother people digestively. So if a prenatal doesn't jive with you, sometimes I will, I will add supplements, little mm-hmm. tiny extras, to just a general Okay. Multivitamin. So again, work with someone if you, you know, have a special condition or question or need. Okay. We have so many questions about fertility and we're going to have to do a separate episode on that, but I'm going to ask some generic questions. Um, because so something I cut out two years ago was dairy. Okay. One, even pre-diagnosis for me, I always had trouble with dairy in my late twenties. I was at the urologist every other month. I had stomach issues. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. I know. That's a whole nother season of my life that I uh, like forgot about. I like yeah. blocked it out because it's awful. Um, I went to the gastrologist like four or five times. They could never diagnose me. I like guessed I was celiac because like I didn't know what else I was. Anyway, I cut I out dairy. I don't even know. I like I was on a mission to try to cure myself, but I did okay, cut out I dairy. Okay, can I just have a PSA? Like, if you are somebody who is going through what Sarah was going through two years ago, find a dietitian or someone who knows what they're talking about and don't try to guess. Like, pay somebody who has gone to school for this. I know. Well, and I lucked out because I called have you them do and the work. Free, free advice. But, yes, I it wasn't till I really, like, took it seriously. But I did cut out dairy so my question is, is dairy good or bad for women our age? Yeah. I mean, I I lived with um, one of my friends that would literally drink like a cold glass of milk every night before bed. And I'm like, how does she even do that? Dairy makes me break out. It hurts my stomach. But like for our age, they all, it means the, like the whole thing about it's good for your bones. It's good for growing, you know, it's good for your bones and your mm-hmm. teeth and osteoporosis. Like, is it good for us? Like, should we be drinking a glass of milk? Like, so my... My answer may shock you, uh, but dairy is good for you. And I will tell you Like cow's milk. Yeah, cow's milk. So I'll tell you a couple things. Dairy is good for you if you can tolerate it, right? There are a lot of great benefits, especially of grass-fed dairy products. So grass-fed milk, grass-fed butter. Okay, is that the stipulation, though? Like, it has to be grass-fed? No. So. I tell people to include dairy in their diet if it does not bother their digestive Mm -hmm. tract and if it does not bother their skin. So those are the two things that generally if people are sensitive to dairy, they will feel the the bloat, the diarrhea, the gas, or they will have a skin issue. So eczema or rash or acne. Like those are generally how a sensitivity to dairy presents itself. If those are the case, you can absolutely cut out dairy products and get the benefits from dairy from other things, right? So you can get calcium from other sources. You can get vitamin D from other sources. You can get protein from other sources. But if dairy does not bother you, then I would include it in moderation in your diet because a couple reasons. One, grass-fed dairy products have a lot of great benefit. Mm -hmm. Um, Dairy, grass-fed dairy is the only way to get vitamin K2. Vitamin K2 is one of my favorite vitamins to geek out about. It's really crazy, but it's only found in grass-fed dairy. Grass-fed butter is a great source if you're, like, not into drinking a whole glass of milk. 
um, but it actually helps remove calcium from your soft arteries and put it back in your bones and teeth, which is really really crazy. But also just like if you are buying dairy, I would buy organic products. It's just the process of it is important. I would say with meats and dairy products, I generally recommend organic if you can afford it. Okay. Um, If you can't afford it, I recommend trying to at least budget for like every other week when you buy groceries trying Mm -hmm. to buy organic. There's actually one more thing I want to say about fertility is there's a Harvard fertility study that was done. They were looking at nurses, a lot of nurses, something like 8,000 or 80,000. I should have double checked before we recorded this, but a lot of nurses. They looked at these nurses who conceived and their rate of conception and and what they were eating. So they looked at their diet and they found normal things, right? The people who were more active and ate more fruits and vegetables and, mm-hmm. you know, ha- were healthy weight. Those are the people who can conceived, you know, Quicker. faster. Yeah, easily. Yeah. They also found that the women who were drinking high-fat dairy products, whole milk, lattes, and whole-fat cheeses, Ooh, were more likely to conceive. Starbucks? Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. This is a Harvard study. This is a Harvard, the Harvard fertility study. Y'all can go look it Going up. Going to get Sarah a latte can, from Starbucks. I don't Starbucks. know if it's because you're a sister, but she second guesses everything I say. <laughs> this is probably why she didn't <laughs> listen to anything. She needs the data. She needs the data. I um, and part now. of it is part of it probably was not necessarily the dairy, as it was these women were getting adequate fat. Adequate fat is very important when you are trying to conceive. But it, there's something to it there. I also am a big fan of fat and protein in your diet mm-hmm. because it keeps you fuller for longer. Like think if you went to Starbucks and got a non-fat latte and a cookie, how crappy you would feel. But if you got a whole fat latte and an egg bite, you would have like lots of fat, lots of protein. Yeah. I will you know say, what I, mean? I will say I, when I cut out red meat, I was like really struggling. I was anemic. Mm-hmm. I was like had no energy. And when I upped my fat intake, I was like a whole new person and so, a little bit of protein, yeah. like non-meat protein. Yeah. Um, so okay. I don't know if I gave you a yes or no. My answer is yes, if you can tolerate it. Try to find grass-fed and organic. Okay. So long story short, go through the Starbucks drive-thru, get a venti, <laughs> oh, don't do full it. fat, <laughs> white chocolate mocha. No, I'm kidding. Don't do okay. that. Hey, guys. So we love this podcast. We really hope you do too. This is a great way to share our story. And if you have a few minutes to rate us or review us, we would be so grateful. Yes, we are supported by you, our friends and our listeners. You have heard me mention my favorite high quality vitamin company before, Seeking Health. I have been a fan for a really long time. So when they reached out, I kind of geeked out. So anytime you guys purchase your vitamins and supplements through our affiliate code, you are supporting the Talk To Me Sister podcast. All of that information is in our show notes, but Seeking Health is also offering you guys a 10% off promotion off your next order. Use the code SISTER10 to get 10% off. That's S-I-S-T-E-R and the number 10. That's awesome. Okay, so you guys, you want quality vitamins. Remember that. Don't waste your money, whether you're buying their optimal prenatal or active folate or the probiotics. These are numero uno. They're the best. They also have a genetic test kit that you can purchase on their website and do at home. It's a saliva test. It is a roadmap for your health and guides you at what supplements are best for your specific DNA. And it can help tell you what's contributing to your chronic health conditions and tell you what to do about it. 
So it's amazing. And so guys, this code won't expire. So if you're listening to this at a later date, no worries at all. So go get some quality vitamins, start feeling the benefits, start feeling better. That's Seeking Health, Sister 10 to get 10% off. Thanks so much. Okay, so uh, when I was on this like health mission, this is like pre-cancer, pre-diagnosis, pre-pregnancy for me. Mm -hmm. This was in my 20s when I was working 80-hour weeks. I was literally, I didn't eat breakfast. I was living off coffee. Mm. It was just that those kind of like grind years for me um, where I had a lot of issues. I was in the urologist all the time. Fast forward when I was going through all my healing journey, I'll call it, when I started to care more about my diet, mm-hmm. um, I was researching what I could do. I was focused on my uterus, right? Because yeah. I had a tumor, tumor in my uterus. Mm-hmm. So I was like, how can I heal this uterus? Yeah. Um, and what could I put in there to heal? You know, so I, and I don't know if this is a myth. I'm going to ask you this question. Okay. What foods, they're foods that look like certain body parts. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, ha- have you ever seen a pancreas? Looks exactly like a sweet potato. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, so I saw the avocado with the hole looking like a baby, you know, like little a uterus, little, little uterus. And I'm literally, <laughs> I I think I ate my, like, like 12 avocados yeah. a day after I was diagnosed for, for like, a month. So thinking, much guac. So, so much guac, which was actually amazing. But... I mean, and then you cut the, slice the carrots and you look at it and it looks mm-hmm. like an eye. I mean, a yeah. walnut looks like a brain. Yeah. So is that a myth? Did God like create these foods to like, I for believe, certain body, body parts? I believe that every body part needs more than one food. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I also believe that God is a very creative God and gave us some of these coincidences to encourage us. I do think that if you were looking for foods for your uterus, there would be female reproductive health. There's going to be a lot more foods and avocados. So I don't know if it's a myth as much as it maybe is just a coincidence. And a lot of foods that are fresh and whole that you could get from the earth, cut open and bring in, are going to look like a body part. You know what I mean? Yeah. But most of them, most of them, you're you're right. It falls over and you're like, oh, dang, that, that looks like it. So... I yeah, because it's like even yeah. with the carrot, the beta carotene, which our body turns to vitamin A, is good for your eyes and yep. it looks like an eye. So it's just wild. You I'm like, a carrot looks like an a... eye. Well, when you cut it. Oh, when you cut it. And you cut it. <laughs> okay, when you cut it into a circle and you flip it, it's got yeah, an okay, iris gotcha. and I a gotcha. pupil. You're right. You're right. Okay, that well, was just like this I've is a always... question that we will ask God when we get to heaven because okay. I I think that it's incredible because you're right I've seen these charts and you're like oh I we love need to that add, yeah we need we need answers okay yeah, need answers. also back to when I said it, in my twenties I lived off coffee and it's yeah. really true I yeah. literally didn't have breakfast and would have three cups of coffee a day I'm an addict I love espresso is it good for you how much is too much coffee good how question. much is too much caffeine it depends again on your how your body processes caffeine. So the quick and my quick answer for those who like quick answers are I would stick to a cup or two a day. A cup or two a day. One or two cups a day. But then go back to let's look at your health. Why are you improving your health, right? Are you having trouble sleeping? If you're having trouble sleeping, maybe we need to look at your caffeine intake. Are you having trouble with stress? Caffeine is a stimulant. So if you feel super anxious in the morning after your cup of coffee, is caffeine contributing to your anxiety? If your adrenals are shot and your thyroid is shot, do we need to work on taking care of your body and cutting out some of these things that add stress? 
If that's the case, we need to look a little closer at your caffeine intake. But for most people, even pregnancy, we have seen that 200 to 300 milligrams are okay, and that's generally a cup a day. Okay. That's what I stick to. Even in pregnancy, I generally have a cup in the morning just to get me through the day. Um, But I always recommend, like, look at your health closer. If you're curious about how you feel off off of caffeine, cut it out. You know, do some hot lemon water, even if do something with less caffeine, a half-calf or a black tea, and see how your body responds. Yeah, do, like, process of elimination. I will say when I had those urology issues and, like, I was really Mm -hmm. miserable and had, like, a million UTIs. Yeah. This is too much TMI, but... I did cut out coffee. It was really hard for me, but I cut out coffee for a month and I felt like a new person. Right. So it just, like you said, I think it just depends on what, yeah. what and your most body, people how your body reacts. From just cutting back, right. you know, and some Not people, eliminating altogether. Right. Some people drink coffee in the morning and Starbucks in the afternoon and then a Diet Coke and then some tea. And a lot of that is a lot of caffeine. So I would address your caffeine intake and why are we grabbing caffeine do we need to sleep better you know Mm, yeah or what is your diet lacking okay Mm -hmm. wine I think there's some women that just can't live out live without their five o'clock glass of red wine while they're cooking dinner or you know a nightly glass of wine how much is too wine um I've heard a myth that alcohol breaks down the cell wall we're trying to get healthy cells Mm -hmm. in our bodies to attack unhealthy cells I mean is how much is too how much is too much alcohol in a week like yeah so the general blanket recommendation for most women is one drink a day is okay and so I usually challenge people how big is our glass of wine at night one glass of wine is technically like one serving should be about five ounces which is not very big and that's what is considered safe for most women but like I said with caffeine like you have to think of how is it affecting me right Mm -hmm. so what we do know like how you said about breaking down the cell walls is that alcohol can cause inflammation right and also it is a toxin that our liver has to work on detoxifying right Mm -hmm. your liver starts to prioritize I have to break down this alcohol So especially if you're working on your health or you're on a fertility journey, we need our liver to be working really hard because unfortunately we are exposed to a good amount of toxins just in our day-to-day life, right? Our makeup and our air and our cleaning products. And so we need our liver to really work hard. So when we do drink, our liver prioritizes that alcohol and it's taking a back step on some of these other toxins and detoxes. So I'm a glass of wine at the end of the day fan myself. I think one drink a day for some people is too much. When people are trying to conceive or trying to really watch their health, I recommend personally as a professional to stick to two to three drinks a week. Mm-hmm. Um, or just cut it all together. If Yeah, right? absolutely. I mean, if we can't cut it out and there's a problem, we need to look a little bit more into it, right? Yeah. Again, like what are we grabbing why are we grabbing that wine right but there's also you know there's some evidence that a glass of red wine has some antioxidants and some resveratrol and i also like lower lower what i've i've heard a myth it's good for your heart or could like lower your stress or like i mean all those good i I remember my doctor telling me 
it was literally the moment she told me I had cancer. I literally, we, it was like a two hour doctor visit and I literally asked her can I have a glass of red wine because I was, was like, like for sure she was yeah like, if, it, if it lowers your stress and helps your sanity and mental health absolutely yeah so that's another aspect like when people are trying to conceive it's such a stressful time that's where like two to three glasses a week can really help I there is good evidence that we should not drink in the two week wait the two week wait especially if we've done IVF or IV, IUI what is the two week wait you know, between, um, so like when we did embryo transfer, between oh, when right. we found out I was pregnant. Oh, of course. Yeah. Right. So we usually don't recommend that, but when you were trying to conceive and there's a lot of waiting and a lot of unknowns, sometimes it, like having a five ounce glass of wine can help with your stress level. And yeah. that actually is, is super helpful. So again, it's up to the person. I hope I answered that. You did. And so obviously our age group well, gosh, any woman, let's be honest, mm-hmm. is concerned about anti-aging and we how many like how much money do I spend on anti-aging products and all those things. So, what would be your advice or number one, number one food item and number one drink mm. item to do and focus on upping our intake for anti-aging? Okay, let's like see. I'm talking. I can get it at Kroger. Oh, gotcha. Okay. My first question always when we think about anti-aging is that we don't need to fight it, right? It's going to happen. It's inevitable. I think we are in a society where we like really focus on stopping the aging. Mm -hmm. We don't necessarily want to stop it, right? We want to help us age gracefully. We just want to prepare for it, right? Yeah. (laughs) We, of course, want to make it easier on ourselves. So I often encourage people to like reframe that, right? The number one thing people can do for anti-aging like in internally right we're thinking about our bodies too our joints our organs our hormones all of these things that are going on our brain health so yeah what things. can i ingest well number be one gorge. before <laughs> before we talk about food we know these two things exercise and hydration yeah so water i mean it's sometimes i give people frustrating answers because sometimes it means hard work and yeah. not an easy fix of like Eat your goji berries, you know, mm-hmm. staying hydrated and, and getting exercise. These are the, you know, the best things food wise. Again, there's no easy answer, but the best thing we can do is eat whole fresh foods and try to limit sugar and prepackaged and processed foods. Right. So dry, just trying to eat closer to the ground, trying to eat more organic, trying to eat more colorful foods. Sometimes I'll work with people who I, our goal is just to get more color in our diet. Cause if we're running on caffeine, like you said, I wake up and have a cup of coffee and this was me too, right? You wake up and have a cup of coffee. You have a protein bar for lunch. You grab something easy on the go because you're starving. And then you have a good salad for dinner. That's good. But you've gone the whole day without getting something really colorful. So yeah. sometimes just starting to get more nutrient density in your diet and getting more eggs in the morning and you know, more fat. Again, fat is a really good thing for anti-aging because uh, we need fat to absorb fat-soluble vitamins. We need fat for backbone of a lot of our hormones. But a lot of the Mediterranean-style diet, fish and colorful foods that we're talking about can help with inflammation. And cutting back inflammation can help a lot with the aging process. Okay, so what I'm hearing you say is I can eat more salmon, Yep. more avocados because it's high fat, Nuts, eggs, more fruit, eggs, lots of eggs, Mediterranean, Mediterranean, 
eggs, I know. salmon, yeah. avocado. Yeah. I love mint. Let's yeah. go to Zoe's. Okay. And it's like, it's like you can do practical things. You can say, okay, why don't we just make small steps? Like, why don't we start to try to get fish, cook fish at home once a week Yeah. and try to do like a meatless Monday and try to get a vegetable in the day be- before dinner at yeah. some point. You know, you can do like small things like that. So right? what I'm really bad about doing is drinking enough water. Yeah. Obviously, I feel like I look better. My face feels like less puffy. I feel better when I'm drinking tons of water when I'm really like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to just like drink this whole gallon. Yeah. I know there's some people out there that have their Nalgene and all those things, but mm-hmm. to be honest with you, there's some days where I'm like, I'm barely drinking any water. Yeah. So how much water should you be drinking a day? Like so, realistically? Yeah. The recommendation is half of your body weight in ounces. Uh, that sounds like a lot. So like, for example, if you're 130 pounds, then you want to be drinking 64 ounces a day for the most part. If you're you know, 180 pounds, you're going to be 90 ounces a day, right? At least, if not more, especially when you're pregnant, it's, your, your, your okay. needs go up. What is this? Is this plastic? This no. is stainless steel. It keeps your water really cold. Oh, uh, I should do stainless and not the plastic because of the, yeah, get those what pla- do they say? The BP? Yeah, BPA. you want to get the plastic out as much as possible for hormone health. But yeah, so my recommendations for increasing your water intake is to drink a big glass of water in the morning on an empty stomach. That like naturally is a really great way to naturally detox because your stomach is empty, you're dehydrated from the night, hits your stomach and your organs and your liver and your kidney kind of immediately and you've you've started your day off with like, I'm going to be hydrated, right? Right. So lemon water or a big glass of water in the morning often can help people if they have digestive issues or constipation because you get a lot of fluid right there in the morning on empty stomach. And then a big glass of water before meals and then carry your Nalgene. Be the person who carries your Nalgene around. If I don't, I don't drink water. Gotcha. Okay. And what about being active? I mean, it's January. It's hard. Uh, you're so much better about getting in the gym. But it's like, kind of my sanity, but yeah. I know. And I'm, I, my sanity comes from like being creative and mm-hmm. getting like mm-hmm. a paintbrush in my hand. And, yeah. But I can't neglect moving my body. Yeah. So like what's the minimum... It's the minimum I can do a week and still be healthy. I mean, what are some good tips that I could do that's like if I I can do it at home or like just a walk or, I mean. Yeah. So, I mean, the the general recommendation is like 150 minutes a week and that's like 30 minutes like most days, right? Some of us don't get that and that's okay. So what we know is that 10 minutes a day can at least help your mental health and your stress level. Okay. So I always say for people who are not exercisers to start with 10 minutes a day. So that's a walk outside. Um, There's an app that's super, that's free and easy and it's called the seven minute workout. And it literally like gives you things to do for seven minutes. Do some push-ups for 30 seconds and then it'll go beep and it'll switch you to do jumping jacks. Okay. And it's seven minutes. And if you can do that before you get in the shower, then at least you've gotten some blood flow going. And if not for like, you know, your physical shape, it's so important for your mental health Mm -hmm. to move around. Seven Um, minutes. Okay. That seems more attainable. You can do it. And then we just build from it. A daunting, like drive to the gym. gym, Yeah. Get your stuff. Like check into the locker room. I'm already exhausted. You don't have to do that. Um, If you don't want to. Okay. Last but not least... We should go check on our kiddos. Who knows what they're doing? Yeah, but um, (laughs) I think we should do a whole episode just on like a healthy sex life. 
Okay. Yeah. Which we will. We'll do it. But do you, did you study this? Like how much sex do you having a week to be like a healthy, it's a part of a health. It is in part of a It's part of a healthy, happy. Are we talking about foods to increase libido? People want to know that. Oh man. See there's, I feel like we should have a whole episode just on this. We will. I guess that could be the question or like how much, remember that Oprah episode where they were like, we increased our sex life, or we increased the amount of time so we had sex a week, and we lost 50 pounds each. Oh my gosh, like, that does not we're sound happy. like... Now we're like, I don't know. I don't remember that, and I, that I feel like those people wanted to get on TV. Uh, sure. Probably. But, but it is it's important good for, for your health. heart health. It's good for your... It's good for your stress management. Honestly, especially people who are trying to conceive. Stress management. And they're yeah. just... The guys know, on listening, which we probably have no guys listening, but they're like, yes. Yeah. The, the stress management piece is important. Seven times the connection, a week. Yeah. The connection is really important. Um, I don't know if I can answer how much. I think that's like a personal question for couples, I guess. Yeah. But usually what I think is if you're having it once a month, you're pretty much a sexless, sexless marriage. Ew. Ooh. So we need to really think about, okay, it's good for your stress. It's good for your heart. Let's just say that. What are two foods that you can do to, like, boost libido okay, in num- women? Right. So actually exercise is really important for both men and women for libido because okay. getting blood flow to your reproductive organs is really important, right? Okay. And I will say with anything, it's like practice makes perfect, right? If you're not in the groove of having sex be a part of your marriage, then you kind of have to initiate it until it becomes a routine, you know, part of your marriage, right? Practice makes perfect. Exercise is really important. Foods. Um, So there's so many like aphrodisiacs, right? Oysters. (laughs) Oysters. <laughs> but actually, high zinc foods are important. So look up your high zinc foods. That's why oysters is on the list. Could I a just lot take of proteins. a zinc tablet? <laughs> if you want to. I don't know if it has the I like effect. the, like, I'm Sarah like wants the quick I'm like your all-American quick fix. Like, zinc foods are very helpful. Can I do helpful. a drive through get yeah. some libido, and move on? Okay, for you who like this, the quick fix, a supplement and a powder called maca powder. M-A-C-A. Oh, like the Have chocolate of maca. Maca? Yeah. It's similar, um, but it doesn't like taste like chocolate, this powder. It's maca. just like kind of a, a supplemental powder, and it is supposed to boost your energy and boost libido. And it's something that has very little side effect, it, you know, whether... Can you put it in your coffee? Or no, no, you no. Put no. You can put it in smoothies. Oh, okay. I think that's probably the easiest way to do it is add it to a smoothie. Um, anyway, that's some quick fix. Okay, Maybe well, talk for I it. was, like, hesitant, should I bring up the sex question? But I feel like it's a part of your overall health and happiness as a human. Uh-huh. I actually um, talk a lot more about that topic with clients than I ever imagined I would. One, really? it's because I'm in reproductive health, and so many people have questions, and often people do not talk about it. And so that's why it's important that we bring it up, because yeah. it is so important I feel like we should do an episode just on that And your relationship, especially if you're going through through a lot whether it's just going through the stresses of 2020 or going through stresses of reproduction reproductive fertility support. issues mm-hmm. yeah like it's so important to connect with the person that you're going through these highs mm-hmm. and lows with in that way and um so often true. people have questions about that so maybe we can do like a Q&A situation because I don't know exactly what to say but I think if people have questions I know we should totally do a Q&A because I feel like it's a topic that people really want to talk about and especially young married couples or couples 
that feel so off and not yeah. on the same page. Yeah, it happens. Like, when, you're, when you're not on the same wavelength and you're, like, off, if that makes sense, yeah. it's an issue. And I feel like it's something that, you know, couples don't talk about freely. So, anyway... We hit some highlights. Yep, and I like it. We'll resume later with we a hit. fertility episode, only because there's so much to talk about as it relates to nutrition, fertility, and especially with the IVF process. So we'll do that later. But all right, guys. Well, let us know if you have questions, and yeah. we'll answer them. Talk to you soon. All righty. Bye bye. <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. This is the platform that we use to record and produce our podcast. Guys, we are not tech savvy. I was so overwhelmed thinking about how to start a podcast, but we knew that it was the best and easiest way for us to share our story. And Anchor has been so easy to use and really intuitive for anyone, no matter how comfortable you are with podcasting or technology. They simplify it for you. So you can record your episodes, add music, activate sponsorship, and distribute your podcast to Apple, Spotify, and all other listening platforms, all through Anchor. So download the Anchor app for free or visit anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Have fun. Have fun.